1: You're listening to The Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 185
0: of The Corona Diaries. Yay! Coming to you live from Utrecht. Well, not mm. live, With what it, looks- it's a podcast, so when you hear it, it won't be live. But I'm alive, but only just. And that's a,
1: a fairly strange-looking window arrangement you've got going on behind you.
0: It's a bit of an odd room, this. It's a nice is hotel, it? but it's an odd room. They've put me right at the end of a four-mile corridor, mm-hmm. um, which is fine as long as your key works. And it did, to be fair... Because normally when they put you at the end of a four mile corridor you get there and the key doesn't work and you want to kill the world. Uh, but it did. And I got in and I'm on the end and there's a very odd window arrangement and it's very cold and nothing seems to be warming it up. i fiddled with the air conditioning um, control device on the wall. Set it at 24, which is much mm-hmm. too hot. Uh, and its I think the room's... I don't know. It's barely above 19, I'd say. Right. So something's not right. And I don't know whether to go to the. If I phone them, they'll do one of two things. They'll either send a man to try and fix it, which he won't, or they'll ask me to move. And I just can't bear the thought of lugging all my stuff somewhere else. So I might just shiver in preference. Right.
1: But are you shivering for two nights?
0: Yeah, I'm shivering. I am. I'm shivering all day tomorrow and all day the next day, I think. Or am I? Hang on a bit. No, we have a show tomorrow. Um, We have a show tomorrow at uh, the Music Centrum and then we sleep here tomorrow and then the next day we have a show at the Music Centrum again and then we go overnight after that to Leipzig.
1: Right, so you are sleeping for two nights. Yeah. We've established that. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Because the first comms we had today was you messaged me from a truck stop, didn't you, for a bit of glamour?
0: I did. I was in a truck stop on the um, Dutch border, between on the Belgian-Dutch border, um, and we were just waiting until um, we could check in here and I don't think we could check in till 12, so Charlie was waiting, because um, quite often you can't really leave these buses, because they're so big, and um, you can't get permission to park them anywhere. And the Music Centrum has an ec- excellent facilities, uh, in the, um, in the like, you kind of go under the, the building, and there's parking for trucks and buses and all sorts, but because they're, are a number of bands playing there tonight the thing is already full of buses and trucks from other people so we can't get our truck under the theatre until tomorrow um so we could we had to get off the bus and do a bit of a runner and god knows where the bus is so that means that whatever you've left on the bus that's desperate you're desperate to have you can basically kiss goodbye to for 24 hours um, that's I mean, that's the thing. You kind of get settled on the bus, and you get all your stuff out, and you get your ducks in a row, and then you and then and then you do two nights, and then you have a hotel, and you've got to get it all together, and try and work out what needs to come to the hotel, and what, what what's oh that can stay on the bus? That's all right. I won't need that. And then you get there, and you go, oh, I did need that, didn't I? Uh and all of that. So it's a bit of a faff, and sometimes you'd almost rather just stay on the bus um, and never get out of the boat.
1: Except you look tired. So clearly you're not getting the sleep you require on the shelf, are you?
0: I don't think I did. No, I don't think I did last night. I'm absolutely buggered. Uh, so a, ni- a night in a, in, a, in a proper bed won't do me any harm, really. Mm-hmm and it'll set me in good stead for uh, for tomorrow i mean these days off are 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 days off because we do need them i think i, I think i'm too old to do three shows in a row now i think it, it wouldn't kill me but the third one wouldn't be very good mm. uh and then of course the fourth one um you know you, you get you get into that diminishing return things where you not where I'm not singing very well because I've I've, I've torn my voice out doing three on the bounce and then that doesn't recover and you need a fortnight off to recover and that's that's no good so we've arrived now at two in a row and a day off um and that seems to give give me enough time to to get my voice back um last night in Paris was just wonderful. And uh, Phil came back afterwards and said it was one of the best ever for him. Uh, so that's nice. Apparently, mm. I'm singing well. Mm. Um, I did have a few moments last night actually where I was singing so well, I was al- I was almost a bit cocky, frankly. I was almost, you know, throwing—surely not—throwing a few vocal curves. Out of pure cockiness, and I had to keep a, ah. I had to keep an eye on myself. Frankly, ah. uh, you
1: didn't feel the need to do the old Freddy thing and do the uh, take the crowd with you on the way way who's thing. On <laughs> the what? Yeah, well, Freddie used to go to the crowd and then go up and down about three octaves, didn't he? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I didn't feel the need to do that, but but I did I I did have to watch myself. I had to give myself a mental wrist slapping. Just, you know, steady on, sunshine. Don't lose the plot. Mm. You know, stay with the truth. Don't start showing off. Um, Because I wouldn't want to see that in anybody else, so I'm damned if I should do it. But but I was almost cocky last night. I was singing so well. And uh, at one point, you know, a bit later on in the set, we didn't sing Easter very well for whatever reason. Um, we've been starting the show with The Invisible Man and that ends with a couple of really kind of angst ridden screams. And so to to follow that with anything, to be honest, is, is a is a bit of a big ask. Um I have to try and be careful not to rip my voice out in the On the back end of the invisible man if you're pardon the expression. (laughs) (laughs) Well there it
1: goes. (laughs) I I didn't I actually didn't say a thing then. (laughs) You did all your own direction and everything to get there.
0: (laughs) I did. I did. I'll get the old message again when I listen to you. <laughs> Pornography, ninety seconds in or, or whatever. Well then we got that last week. Yeah, I can't remember we, what we said. We no, I couldn't remember what we said either, but it was <laughs> it was noted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was noted. In one of the early comments as well. It wasn't you know, it wasn't it wasn't something that came from a stray listener, a no. thousand listens in. It was it was right at the beginning. <laughs> it did make me laugh.
0: <laughs> like, oh, now, oh, I wonder what we've said now.
1: I shouldn't worry about it. I shouldn't no. worry about it. Oh no, I don't worry about it. And um, that's, of course, the problem with Invisible Man being that first track, isn't it? Because you can't. We've talked about this before. Invisible Man kind of has to go first encore or first track, doesn't it? Really,
0: it does. And it's 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 like a concert in a song, in a way. You know, it covers so much scope, um, musically and and vocally. It 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 it's a bit like TSE. It's one of those, you know, that that starts starts off main um, and moody and ends up screaming and ranting, and so getting out of that. Into the next song is is always a little bit ooh, and I didn't sing Easter very well because I think I think my voice was recovering, but it, it settled down again soon after.
1: I know we talked about this a couple of times. I'm going to ask you a semi-serious question, but did you honestly think you would be singing this well at this age? And I and I'm not meaning to make you sound old. I, it's yeah, a genuine that, question.
0: I didn't imagine I'd be singing at this age. You know, I, I don't know what I imagined. But I, I mean, when you get into a group and you're twenty three you don't you don't imagine in your wildest dreams you'll still be at it when you're in your mid to late sixties. Um I don't know what I did imagine. People still say you know you know when are you going to stop you know when do you imagine you'll stop and you know what what will you do when you can't do it anymore and, and i don't think there's anything to be gained by thinking about that so it's an impossible question to answer because if someone had asked me that question when i was in my mid 20s i would have been thinking oh, yeah I suppose we're not going to be able to do it once i'm 40 um and that you know i wasn't i'm probably singing as well now as i ever ever have in my life and that's wonderful because yeah. i wouldn't have imagined that would carry on getting better I, I'd, I'd always assumed i would peak you know like like most athletes do you know in my well it, I, I guess it depends on the sport some athletes peak when they're 27 don't they and then they're on the way down um, I imagined I'd peak in my thirties at some point, you know, and then perhaps plateau out and then start to lose it in my early sixties. But what's happened is uh it's just got it's just carried on getting stronger in a lot of ways um and I much prefer the sound of my voice now if 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 I hear If I put Season's End on, I can hear how young and thin my voice sounded. And it it sounds better now. Um, I don't quite have the range, but there's only a couple of notes missing off the very, very top that I can still cover with falsetto anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can still sing them. they, They involve a slightly different approach. But Everything in the sort of mid range is better tonally than it was when I was young. So you know, happy days. I mean, at some point it'll it'll go west. I thought it'd gone west last year when I lost my falsetto, but it came back. You know, um, which was wonderful.
1: Yeah, because the, the falsetto would be something to lose, wouldn't it? Because that's there's falsetto through a. A lot. I mean, I know you're saying about a bit of your range, and I could, I probably, you know, probably could go back through seasons and a a couple of the early albums and say actually, there's a few notes and a few songs that are. I mean, you've always said the space is a, is a, you know, you you take a bit of a run at that. Yeah. Um. Um. But the falsetto has carried on all the way through, hasn't it? Really. That's that's always been a feature of your of your singing.
0: Yeah, it's something you kind of pop in and out of. Yeah. You know, it's part. It's as much to do with expression as with um, range. But there is a place, you know, where where your full voice you can't get any up, hi- where I can't get any higher, no. and 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 so I'll i flick into falsetto then carry on up. Um, and the the vocal coach that that I did a few bits and bobs with when my falsetto had gone because I was trying desperately to to see if I could get it back with exercises, which I couldn't, um, as it turned out. But she said that if I had enough time spent with her, um, she could show me how to move between full voice and falsetto in a way that was was almost um, imperceptible. You know, um, and I don't quite know how what what she even meant but i also don't like the idea of doing it either because i quite like it when it cracks through i think that's quite a nice sound you know so you can crack in and out of it rather than it just be a complete gradual thing um that becomes um that becomes a form of expression in itself almost like a yodel you know But infinitely infinitely more pleasant. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. like a nice yodel.
0: (laughs) So apologies to all the Bavarians listening.
1: What, for anything in particular or just for yodeling? (laughs) All the leather
0: thigh slappers.
1: (laughs) But you, you do use your falsetto in that way. You do use it very expressively. You do use it. To to display that kind of emotion, your voice often does crack on those kind of things, and it does suit the lyric, and it does suit where you've got to in the in the song or the story.
0: Yeah, I do. I do quite a lot of that, and it. And when you say I use it, I can't. I guess I suppose I do, but it's not used with a lot of thought. There's not no. a. There's not a lot of um, um. Oh, what's the word? It's not something I really do on purpose. Right. Thoughtfully, it's it's more just part part of. Singing. You end up there. Yeah, hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. It's it was funny because I heard Paul Simon doing something the other day and singing. I mean, and I know Paul Simon's considerably older than you are because he's in his eighties now, isn't he? Um. Yeah, his, and he's his,
0: very, his, he's very in a kind of fairly narrow range of and an approach. He's not a screamer, is he? He's more no, no, a, no, no. Just, no.
1: But his voice is definitely thin When I was, you know, listening to him the other day But then you listen to somebody like Springsteen Who doesn't sound like his, much has happened to his voice at all
0: Right I guess it's just uh, pure pure luck, really mm. You know, it's I mean, look at Macca His voice is shot to shreds really now, isn't mm. it? And that's that, that must break his heart But I guess that's we all age in different ways mm. you know and uh, we some singers just um, th- you know the age doesn't really go to their voice and then others it really does and they get that "me when I was a boy thing don't they yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, baby <very> old now.
1: <laughs> we're nearly at the fast too, aren't we <laughs> <laughs> Thing. But I mean, Stewart's Rod Stewart's a good example. Because Rod Stewart, I thought, whilst he probably still pitches and his voice probably sounds quite strong still, I don't think it sounds anything like it did in those early recordings. I think I think his voice kind of lost that something amazing that he had actually probably in his mid thirties. Because mm. because if you listen back to the Maggie May and the early, it really he really had a terrific sounding voice. The timbre of his voice was. Astonishing, yeah. And then it just went into kind of almost him being a—I don't want to say a pastiche of himself, but he sounded like Rod Stewart trying to do Rod Stewart and not being able to manage it,
0: right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He seems
1: really because if you listen to something like Handbags and Glad Rags, that—that's an aston. His voice was at that point in time sounded incredible,
0: right? Yeah, but
1: but you know, you listen to to Sailing or, or Do You Think I'm Sexy or whatever, and it's just not the same. Right. Not that I would listen to either of those songs, given the choice.
0: Mm. I like Do You Think I'm Sexy. <laughs> but mainly
1: the tights. Not, it's not heading to a natural set list any time soon, then. <laughs> no. I I think there should be a clamour for that (laughs) Clamour I think the next time we do Oxford I think we should get everyone in the audience when you ask them ask me anything everybody to say I want you to play
0: Do You Think I'm Sexy? Oh yeah but then I'll have to say you can fuck off and I shouldn't say that in church really Well it's been known hasn't it? It probably has here to be fair It's been
1: known So Paris, well actually we ought to go back, Strasbourg, start at Strasbourg, didn't you?
0: We did, yeah, and, and everything I said about the uh, the dressing room graffiti turned out to be unfair because we got there and it was lovely and they'd obviously refurbed it and there was no nastiness on the walls, uh, there was just a, a very strange creature that, that was, was a work of art. Mm, it Which was worth like, I, I sent you it, didn't I? It was like. Mm. Um, have you posted it? Have you, have you insted it? No, of course you, you have. You know, no, I insted Clem Clem Burke in front of. I his, did see uh, that restrooms. Yes, uh, yeah. Clemont uh, took me about a week to find that picture, <laughs> but I found it. No, I guess I could upload the very curious. It's like um, a cricket. It's like an insect, but it's got a pelican's head. And it's got a few bagpipe chanters in amongst it as well. It's the strangest thing. Um, it is.
1: I'm looking at it now. It is remarkably odd.
0: Yeah, but, and uh, remarkably well well drawn.
1: Oh, it's beautifully I drawn. It's slightly disturbing.
0: Yeah, I don't know where they've got it, whether it's a transfer or whether they've had some brilliant artist actually in there to, to put it on the wall, of sort of latter-day Michelangelo. Um but I will, yeah. I'll stick it on Insta so everybody knows what on earth we're talking about. Mm.
1: When when it came through, I did. I took one glance and I thought, oh, I can see what they've done. They've actually. I thought it was a cockerel. I actually thought they've done a really good cock for the wall. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, you know, to, to to actually to own the whole the whole thing. But the idea of an ejaculating cockerel is is probably a little bit
0: odd. Yeah, I've, I, you don't see a lot of those, do you? You know, <laughs> not about. as a rule. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very au okay on, on 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 what cockerels on get what up to. Cockerels do, yeah. No. Evening, no, me neither. I think it's just a lot of flapping, isn't there? And, <laughs> no.
1: A lot of cockerel flapping.
0: <laughs> I think it's all a bit sudden and flappy, uh, you know, and then yeah. and it's over really before the chickens noticed that's yeah, it the probably feeling is- i get i get the feeling it's all quite well it tends to be brief with birds doesn't it It's just a bit they just come together flap a minute and then it seems to not even a minute but you know so good lord was that it it's probably what every female bird thinks to themselves you know was that it bloody hell I hope we got on to this no, topic. Now I'm pregnant and that was no fun at all. No. Um No, um how do we get onto this? Alright, oh, you asked me about Strasbourg, so I got very uh, distracted by the dressing room wall, which 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 wasn't worth it. I went for a walk, um and I had a slow lunch in the old part of Strasbourg, which is very nice down by the river. That was lovely. Um and um I tried to find the music shop where I'd bought my my Fender Telecaster, the the one I used for acoustic guitar, because I bought that there. So that I'd, I'd, it was ca- coming home. It's coming home, um, and I couldn't find it. I think they've gone out of business. And it was Sunday, and everything was shut anyway. So yeah. all the shops were closed. Only the only the bakeries were open. They they they. they I think there's a thing since the revolution in France. You know, and let them eat cake and all of that. That's a sore point in France. That that it's almost like um, a uh, a constitutional right to fresh bread every day. And if the bakeries lock their doors, you know that's the beginning of the end. And you're going to need to riot. Um, so the bakeries are always open, even when everything else is shut, which I thought was remarkable. But 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 they are. So the bakeries were open but nothing else. And then uh I went back to the gig and the sound check was alright and it wasn't quite as dead as I thought it'd be acoustically. So maybe they've done something to that as well. But it is only a little room La Leiterie. Uh but it went very well. It was it was it was full and had a great vibe I was feeling the love. But um Everything sort of pales into insignificance compared to last night in Paris, which was just transcendent, hmm. just incredible. I don't know if I don't know if other bands ever experience anything like that, because it's it's just I can't I can't find a word for it. Um, it's just like all the love in the world having been compressed into one small space. You know, and having consumed every single human being in there is just a, a thing to to witness, and and of course to be on the receiving end of it, even more so. So, um, I, you know, I said after the the solo show, I did feel like they held me, and um, I felt exactly like that again, only possibly more so. Yesterday it was was an amazing crowd really amazing mm-hmm. they should so, be proud of themselves cuz my god
1: it's a slightly weird one cuz i mean i've i've been in some venues with with you um with the band and, and and there's been an incredible vibe incredible reaction you know i remember every one of the the post lockdown shows where pretty much there was a standing ovation you know at the end of the first number yeah, because everybody—it was just this outpouring of, of of the fact that we were all back in a room, and maybe at some point in time, life would get slowly back to some kind of normal. And then you look at things like the Albert Hall gig and some of the other things, and I've been some in, in some incredible rooms with some incredible reactions. So I, I I don't know how to even imagine what you're talking about that no, would be you... above some of those.
0: Just, occasions. yeah, but above in every way, louder uh, more heartfelt, um, just, yeah, that's probably it, louder and more heartfelt, um, just the warmth is hard to put into words, really hard to put into words, and I realised just before I went on last night, that, or oh, somebody pointed out, I think, I think it might have been, um, it was Muriel I think Dumortier she's purple and she left a message and said you do realise that it's it's this is the anniversary of the Bataclan terrorist attack and, and yesterday was you know um, November the 13th it was the anniversary it was the 8th anniversary it happened in 2015 so by pure chance we'd found ourselves playing Paris on that day um, and so i I mentioned that as well after after Easter. I mentioned that, but the the feeling of support was just unreal. You'd have to be there hmm.
1: Do you see and this so this is gonna sound a slightly disingenuous so I'm going to ask you it anyway Are there times when you feel that you you almost don't deserve it, but how much longer can this can this go
0: on? Uh, I don't know if I feel I don't deserve it. I I I, I feel incredibly lucky that that it's coming our way, hmm. and oh, uh, and I think the over the overriding feeling is how has this happened? How yes. has this? What's led to this? How the hell has this bunch of you know I don't know what you'd call it progressive rock musicians from England? you know how how have they stirred this up in these people because we you know, we haven't done it on purpose we haven't done it with any kind of calculation it's 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 surprised us you know it's happened and and we feel immensely lucky that it's happened um and I don't know I, th- I think it's got I think it's just got something to do with the fact that the relationship the band has with its fans is is very one to one um uh, we don't come on stage; we're not all high and mighty, like with're this really big deal, and that we're above them um, you know it, when when we called um that Royal Albert Hall. Thing all one tonight. It's because we are, and that's where that line came from in in the levers. Um, it's it's not us and them with us. It 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 it's it's us and us. You know, um, it's just us all together. And then add to that the fact that an awful lot of people have come to me and do come to me, you know, almost on a daily basis and say, you've written the soundtrack to my life. You know, they look me in the eye and said, you've you've written it just about everything I've ever felt at every age, you know, and as I've grown and my, my issues and my feelings and the things that I've had to negotiate and deal with, have changed as i've become old you've written those as well you know you've kind of addressed all the things that have happened to me uh almost as though as though you 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 know you don't know, you know me inside out and so i think it's a combination of that feeling of perhaps being understood emotionally um, or maybe it's just that I've I've got a happy knack of expressing things that that are quite universal without being cliched perhaps. You know, it it's easy to express a, a kind of universal cliche. Um but if you're digging around just trying to write some truth then then you you will end up writing something universal that that isn't a cliche at all. Um, so maybe maybe that resonates a bit deeper with people, and I th- and I think it's the combination of that and the fact that we don't, you know, that that the audience doesn't feel removed from us. I think those two things together create this um, a kind of affection. And that's what that's what we feel. That's what I feel. When I certainly what I felt last night as I walked onto the stage. It wasn't excitement. It wasn't wow. It was it was just you know it was heart, heart and soul, amazing. But no, mm. I don't. I don't know how long it'll last, and I, I don't. I don't see why it should stop. Really.
1: I, well, actually, even when I said it, I thought it was a bit of a. It was a slightly bonkers question, to be honest, because the more you do think about it as a question, then the more you think, well, you've put so much, and and by you I mean the the you know the the five of you, and probably not just the five of you, because it certainly would include Dave and Mike in this as well. But so much care, so much love, so much effort, so much heart that has gone into everything that you've produced, um. I, into into the records as well as into the performances and that's then that ultimately that you know you do that for years and years and years and years and years and years and years and, years and you care and you put the same amount of attention and the same amount of love into everything then that's going to get reflected back
0: It's so hard for me to comment but yeah there, there, we, we have always put put an awful lot of care into what we do We've always tried to make, you know, the best, the best record we've ever made. Right? This, let's write the best record we've ever written. You know that that is the starting point. That's what makes it so terrifying? Um, you know, the thought of making another, another piece of work, is um something that that, that in my gut, I w- I want to run away screaming from, um, because it's a big ask. You know, to do that again, it's a bit—it's a big ask to equal it, but to beat it is it—you can't imagine how you could possibly beat it. But that's what we'll try and do next year, as we as we set out to write something else. We'll have to try and—I um, don't know. We, you know, you you uh, you reinventing the wheel every time because you you're not putting the same wheels on a different car it, you know, you're you you you're reinventing them um, what if they weren't round, you know, we've done round um, so all the component parts of it have to be um, they have to be fresh and they have to be different but they have to be true as well and it is a big ask after so much after so many words and so much music,
1: but the, the central bit—the central bit, which is the integrity of all of you—is the bit that, in my mind, is is why you stand more than a fighting chance of getting there.
0: Well, the only thing, as I've said before, that that stops me throwing myself off the roof is the knowledge that I've always felt like this, and we've managed to do it before, <laughs> and that's, that's it. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be uh, in the bath with the toaster. And, and the cockerel. And the service revolver. <laughs> yeah.
1: Any one of those things. Pick your method here. Th- Go through the Cluedo box and decide what you want. All
0: three. <clears throat> I'd be in the conservatory with the lead piping. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, I've just laughed till it put me back out. I'm going I'd better just sit up straight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> should we should we go to a bit of diary? Yes, let's let's go to a bit of diary, Anthony. Even though we've no idea how we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, because I've I've left it at home. Yeah. So well, yeah. I, somebody has to send me what it is, and I'll I'll read it out.
1: I'll scan it. It'll it. just be that bit where it folds over <laughs> in the corner. So the yeah. first few words at the top of the page you might have to make up.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that that, that that's pretty standard. Saturday, 12th of July, Quebec, Festival d'été. Soundcheck was a lobby call at one o'clock. We bundled into a van which basically dropped us off across the road. Didn't realise the gig was quite so close. There were already a few people hanging around fishing for autographs. The gig is a grassy hill with a stage at one end and a makeshift fence round it. Rumour has it the capacity is 5,000. It didn't look big enough to me to hold more than 3,000, but outdoor spaces can be misleading. We had been allotted a generous sound check time of two hours, much longer than any of us had suspected, so we had plenty of time to get a sound. I gradually arrived at a good one. The hired AC-30 sounded great. They often don't. The band sounded good, and I reckon we were in for a good night if anyone shows up. Spent the afternoon trying to relax and sleep. Couldn't sleep. I was in one of those weary, jet-lagged states, too tired to do anything, but unable to rest. Spent the afternoon and early evening lolling on the bed, watching BBC World, which seems to alternate between reporting Gaza, where the Israelis are busy murdering hundreds of men, women and children, destroying homes and injuring thousands once again in so-called retaliation for Hamas's rockets, which haven't killed anybody. Does this sound like I'm one-sided? Check the facts yourself before writing to me. And reporting people warring and starving in Sudan and summary executions on street corners in Syria and Iraq. Depressing in the extreme especially in the middle of the night, between sleep phases of jet-lagged, sensitive singers. I'm glad we're opening the show with Gaza. That song cannot be sung enough. At last it was time to go. We journeyed across the street once again in the van to discover that the arena, in inverted commas, was packed, and a band on stage playing something arty and droney. I quite liked it. Phil Brown quipped, Let's hope all these people aren't here for them. I had wondered myself if the throngs might depart along with the opening act. They didn't. In fact, I was to later learn that the place was full to capacity and that people were being turned away at the gate into another area where they could watch the show on a screen. I heard talk of between 5,000 and 6,000 people. Blimey. I'll never understand how this works. Perhaps we've had some airplay. Perhaps the promotion of our presence here has been unusually efficient and widespread. Who knows? Soundgarden are playing the big stage on the edge of town tonight, so one might have thought we'd have had a depleted crowd. Shit, I reckon we should move to Quebec. Well, I hit the tequila and Red Bull, which Steve says is really bad for your heart, man, and actually illegal here. They are allowed to serve Red Bull separately at bars here but can't mix it with alcohol, unquote. I am living proof that it can't be that bad for you. I've been drinking it for years. And off we went. Gaza was well received by the crowd stretching away onto the hill. I ran forward to the edge of the stage and screamed, Quebec! 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 in celebration of being in front of this crowd. They knew what I meant. The crowd were great all night, and with the exception of a crap and wandering speech about the spectrum of our music before no one can, I was very connected with the crowd. The band played well, and we all felt the love and bounced it around. A most enjoyable show, and at ninety minutes, no time for the set to flag anywhere. The ninety passed like forty five, and it was over. A great night. I sat on the grass for a while afterwards, recovering and talking to people who came with their own histories which I endeavoured to process in the haze of after-show adrenaline, Cuervo Gold tequila and Becks beer. Back at the hotel, I ran a bath and wallowed in the water for a while before climbing into bed. I was fairly hammered and wondered if I, like Princess Margaret, might have the water too hot and have to go to hospital with second-degree burns before I realised and got out. This never happened, perhaps proving that Margaret was more rock and roll than me. Not difficult. So a text had come in from Clem, wishing us a good one. What a nice chap. A few thousand gigs and twenty million record sales don't appear to have had an adverse effect on him at all. Sunday, 13th of July. Quebec, Montreal, home. Finally managed a respectable lie in getting up at 10 o'clock, but not without a few BBC World maim and murder sessions in the early hours. It can't be good for your subconscious. Got up and texted home. Lynetta and Vibes are out somewhere in Buckingham. Said we'd FaceTime later before I check out. Went out and found breakfast once again in the cafe of the Capitol Hotel. Read my book. I'm currently alternating between Edmund de The Hair with the Amber Eyes and Eduardo Galliano's Mirrors, although I'm supposed to be reading Cider with Rosie by Laurie Lee for the book club in the village. Returned to the hotel to pack and managed to leave my phone charger and mains adapter in the wall. Now how many times have I done that? And FaceTimed Lynetta, who said the open garden thing in the village was a letdown. Vibes didn't want to talk. He told Lynetta to tell me he was at Tesco's in Brackley. Checked out at two o'clock for 2.30 departure. In the lobby, I chatted to a couple who said they'd never heard of us until the cruise to the edge, where they caught our show and were transfixed. Quote, We never even looked at each other for the 90 minutes you were on stage, just at the band. When you played the last song, we looked at each other and we were both in tears. We thought, where have we been all these years? We flew up from Montreal to see you. Well, we arrived at Quebec airport and everything progressed at a snail's pace. Check-in took half an hour, while security took as long again. Bad enough, except that we were missing the World Cup final between Argentina and Germany the whole time finally got through security and into a bar with the match on TV, halfway through the second half. Nil-nil at 90 minutes, and we were running out of time for the call to the flight to Montreal. Mark, I hate football, Kelly, sat at the bar, seemingly riveted to the match, despite his many protestations whenever any of us talk about football. Maybe he's getting the bug. Just before final call, and two minutes before the end of extra time, Germany scored and won the World Cup. Rushed to gate 25, limping along travelators and up flights of stairs past broken escalators on the dodgy knee, and boarded the prop plane to Montreal. Noisy, cramped and unpleasant, but mercifully only 30 minutes long. Didn't have a lot of time to change planes, popped into a shop and bought Vibes a little killer whale cuddly toy before boarding the plane back to London, marvelling at Phil Brown's silver mixing hat, a present from Robert, Norwegian drum tech and excellent drummer, which makes him look like JK after being exposed to radiation. The flight home was luxurious, business, I guess, and I shouldn't moan, but I will. We stood on the runway for over an hour, owing to the pilots being late onto the plane from a late incoming Toronto flight. Once airborne, it took so long to be served the meal, which was excellent, that when I lay down after it to sleep, there was only three hours flying time before they put all the lights on again and served breakfast, which may have been excellent too, but I only had coffee. Despite the late takeoff, we landed on time at 7.30am, and made the obligatory one-mile walk after three hours' fitful sleep to Passport Control, which was mercifully empty. Made my way to the carousel and waited half an hour with everybody else for bags. When the bags finally appeared, mine wasn't amongst them. The man at luggage services said he used to play drums with The Clash and Elvis Costello. That was cool, but unfortunately it was only his second day on the job, and it took much head-scratching for him to register my bag as missing. It was eventually located in Heathrow at Terminal 1, where it had gone by mistake, thanks to the, quote, new system, unquote. Can I just go and get it? I asked. No, I couldn't. I was assured that could take up to three hours, and that I would be better having it couriered home. I dug in my heels and said I want to take it with me. Another lady in lost baggage tried and failed to get hold of anyone at Terminal 1. The problem is, she said, they don't care. I had to admire her honesty. Gave up and was taken home by taxi. The bag showed up tea time the following day. What a waste of time, mine, and money, theirs. Mercifully the bottle of Jack Daniels hadn't exploded all over my clothes Although I could tell someone had been in the case Probably the customs men of Quebec, Montreal or London Probably all three
1: And we're back! (laughs) You talk over my and we're back then.
0: Uh, I did do do it, oh, should, again, should it again. I'm sorry.
1: No, it's okay. It's okay. And we're back. <laughs> you keep looking to the right.
0: Is there somebody there over there? It's because the yeah. tell. It's because the telly's on. You're watching the telly while you're recording TCD. I'm watching Richard Osmond's House of Games.
1: All that shit I've been talking about, care and integrity and all that, you're watching the telly.
0: Oh, no, I've I've never claimed there was any care and integrity in this podcast, Anthony. That's another thing entirely.
1: Oh, well, I'm going to stop making an effort as well, then.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, don't you stop making an effort. We're we're fucked if you don't make an effort. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll carry on making the small amount of effort I make, then. Good. Yes. Right. I think you should.
1: Right, right. Well I don't know what else we're going to talk about now. I suppose I could ask you what you've had for lunch.
0: Well, I'm in tract, obviously now again which is has become a sort of second home and I'm a creature of habit so I always go to the same same place which is on Udegracht. A gracht is a canal or a stretch of water. So all the um, all the canals are called grachts. Somebody will probably write in and say that's that's rubbish. It's absolutely gold. <laughs> but there's an Udegrat here, and there's a there's a cafe called the Udein, Oudin, Udain, or Udein. I don't know. I can't pronounce Dutch. But I usually go in there, uh, and I've I've been going in there for years, and I have an outsmiter, uh which is the um, the thing that Mosley put me onto, which is ham, cheese, and eggs on 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 not on toast, but on bread, on bread, um, and that that's always that they they do they do those really well here in Holland, um, and so in uh, in Germany they're called Strammer Max, but in Holland they're called Autsmater. Um but I think you get more or less the same thing, and so I had one of them, and. Uh, I'd got I'd got a few uh, I've got a few euros and and uh, I went I I wanted to go and buy a a new iPhone and uh, so I went I went I found the Apple Apple shop which isn't really an Apple shop here it's a sort of you know rese- reseller as they call them and they didn't have anything in stock they didn't have what I wanted in stock. So I thought, oh well, never mind. I'll try again in Leipzig because we, you know, we're moving around. And then I saw, then I got into this thing where I, I was sitting eating me out, smiter, and I, I was on chat, chat with Apple, um, but I clicked the wrong button and ended up, uh, on in chat with Apple in the UK, and uh, I was trying to find out where I could get an iPhone 15 Pro and um, this guy said, well, you're through to the UK now. I said, oh, well, no, I'm in... So I'm, I'm doing all of this back and two, you know, in the chat. Well, I'm in Holland, you know. Have they got any in Amsterdam? So he 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 he, he, he managed to have a look. He was really helpful, this bloke. He's called Thomas, very helpful chap. And uh, I'm still not entirely convinced he was a human being. He might have just been some incredibly clever robot, but... He he said he was a human. I kept saying, are you sure you're a human being? And he kept saying, yes, I'm a human and I'm called Thomas. And I thought, that's exactly what you'd say if you weren't If a you human weren't a human being. Yes, mm. that's exactly what you'd say. Anyway, um, if he was human, I'm indebted to him because he was very helpful. And he told me that the the Apple store in, um, actually, in Leida's Plain, which is where the American Hotel is I've spent so many years um living on and off. Um not in the Apple store in the hotel. Um they'd got some. So I thought, do you know what? I'm gonna have an adventure. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get on the train and go to Amsterdam. So I got on the train and went to Amsterdam this afternoon and uh, bought an iPhone, cut a long story short. Uh and I thought I could go get on the train and get off at Amsterdam Central, but I couldn't. I got off at Amsterdam South, which is not Amsterdam. It's sort of southern Amsterdam. But I managed to get a taxi from there into the lights plane. And then after I'd bought the phone, the man who sold me the phone said, Oh, you, you know, because I was saying, Oh, do I have to go back to Amsterdam South now? And What What do I do? How do I get back to Utrecht? And he said, Oh, no, no. He said, he said just Just use Apple Maps. Oh wait what? So he showed me how to do that. I'm just so useless with all of it. And uh, I was really impressed it tells you which tram to get on and then which station to go to and then what p- platform to get on and everything. So I did you you've probably been doing this for years but it was a total adventure for me. Um so I did all of that and uh, it was raining so hard when i came out of there that that i was a bit of a, a wet i was wetter than a wetter than a flannel out of the bath uh, and everybody else was as well and there was sort of flash flooding in amsterdam and anyway i got on a tram which i don't think i paid for well i know i didn't pay for it i don't know if you're supposed to pay for that I, I assume you're supposed to pay for them are you anyway i'm sure
1: there's a I'm sure there's a business argument underneath the whole thing <laughs> of public transport that you should pay for it.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't. <laughs> I don't think
1: it's that utopian, yeah.
0: <laughs> I just got on. Anyway, no, nobody asked me for anything, and then I got off again, and then and then I um, I got off at Amstel, Amstel, Amstel something or other, the station, and I on the metro. That's what I got on, and then and then I ended up on a on a train. Uh, from Amstel something or other And and back to Utrecht And then I got lost I, I came out of the station Which is only more or less next door to this hotel Could I find it? So I got, I got lost for about 20 minutes And so I'd done very well Getting back to Utrecht But I, then the last bit Of just getting from the station to the hotel Which more or less adjoins the station anyway I couldn't work out which end of the station I was in, and uh, I wandered about a bit. I nearly ended up in a block of flats at one point, and then and then had to come all the way back in the rain. Um, and uh, and so so anyway, I've not been back long because I got lost and went to Amsterdam.
1: <laughs> I am loving the fact that you are now. I always wondered who, who you know, like when you see those people of a certain age in the Apple store trying to work out how to use things on the phone.
0: Yeah. And you're now one of those people, aren't I, you? I am absolutely one of those people. But you're going
1: for the geriatric sessions, don't you?
0: Vibes despairs of me, he really does. You know, Vibes, I don't Oh, for God's sake, Dad. Just that, <laughs> just that. And, he, you know, he does all of that. And I, go, well, I missed it there. I missed that. Don't just do it. That's no how to tell me what to do. You I mean, haven't got to, you haven't got a little notebook,
1: have you, that you write down. Press so and so, go to settings. You haven't got one of them yet,
0: have you? No, but it's, it's it, coming in it. It would be really bloody handy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if you want to get somewhere, press maps.
0: I know. I'd lose the notebook. Yeah, it, you would, wouldn't you? That's the trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah A waste well, of So, effort. what are you going to do? Did they set it? Did they set it up in the shop for you?
0: Oh no, no! But an idiot can set up these new iPhones. You just sort of. Well, he's hoping it says hello, and then you know you press continue, and it goes. Hold this near your other phone, and off it goes. It's like magic. It transfers everything across. It's it's mind blowing, really damn clever I mean when I think of the grief that I used to have in the old days you know in the Nokia days oh, yes. of, of, of trying to transfer your contacts and your bits and bobs from one phone to your new phone it'll take you about a week oh
1: yeah I've downloaded <laughs> and, things onto CSV files and all manner of shit to it, try and get them across
0: you'd still lose half of them yeah because uh, uh, oh no it doesn't accept that format and it doesn't this and it doesn't that and oh now that's lost and Oh God! Yeah. Anyway, you, there's none of that now. You just right. pop them side by side like a couple of lovers, and off they go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I know what you're doing this evening. Then,
0: <laughs> what am I doing?
1: <laughs> well, you're having a little a little iPhone loving, aren't you?
0: I might actually. uh I might. I might swap the Sims. I haven't got. Might. I haven't swapped the Sims yet. Right. That's uh, that's another. It's another little trip down Happy Valley.
1: Here's the thing, though, because this is going to be important for you, because I don't know if this is the case on the new one. I'm not sure. Is it now USB-C charging?
0: Oh, it is, is. yeah. no, it is, yeah. Yeah, Mm. but but that's all right because you can use your MacBook Pro charger. You can use your MacBook Pro charger. And Mm. I bought one of those in Paris because I've left that at home as well. (laughs) So I've just bought another one of them.
1: So so really, this whole story at the beginning about you've got to remember what to leave and to, on the bus and what to bring and what you might need, it's a load of shit because you're just going to leave everything behind her anyway, aren't you? I've,
0: been, I've left half of it in England, yeah. I've left a diary in England. I've left my MacBook Pro charger in England. I've left my bottle of Cotswold gin in the fridge in England, which was the, the, the greater misery of, the, of, of those three items. Um, I forgot that. I mean, none of these things are, are, you know, that you know. They're all fixable because mm-hmm. there are other gins available, and they're on the bus.
1: Oh, shitloads of them! I mean, literally shitloads of them now.
0: Yeah, that's been a zeitgeist, has not it? It's just exploded. Yeah. I wonder if it'll pass, and then everybody will get onto something else. But for the last seven or eight years, it's been gin, 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 hasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You, you're with your particular tastes. You're fine, aren't you?
0: Yes, I'm fine, yes. I'm fine. I'm, I'm Cotswold all the way. Right. With the occasional Amalfi Malfi grapefruit. I quite like that
1: now. Have you been to the Cotswold distillery?
0: Damn right.
1: Have you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, hard to drag me away.
1: Right. Have they not talked to you about some form of signature bottle?
0: <laughs> I'm always hanging around the copper urns. What are they called, those things? The copper-shaped... Still things, they've got a name, haven't they? Well,
1: they're probably stills, aren't they?
0: Maybe they are. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. they had a word like, like, cummerbund, or um, obviously not. That's a thing you wear around your waist, or um, Cameroon,
1: <laughs> Cameroon, yeah,
0: that kind of, you know, one of those kind of words, right? Or uh, right, I've not.
1: Na- I've literally no idea because obviously for whiskey, it'd be a barrel, wouldn't it? But but you're talking about a uh...
0: yeah those bell shaped copper. Everybody writing, tell me what the proper name is for those.
1: Hmm. And then you can write it in your little notebook.
0: I can, yes, yeah, the one that I'll have lost <laughs> shortly. After. Shall I leave you to it? Shall you go and finish the rest of your your evening off? Yes, I'll go and lie flat. Actually, mm. uh, mm. I can't have one last glance at Richard Osman. Oh no, it's not now. It's uh, it's more strictly Come Dancing. Oh,
1: <laughs>
0: they don't, it, that's the thing about Strictly, isn't it? It's not just Strictly. It's kind of it's a bit like the Bake Off thing, isn't it? And then Bake Off with more Bake Off, and Strictly was more Strictly, and and the results, and then and then more Strictly. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Talk about milk in a format. They do milk it, don't they?
1: And on that, on that particular note, on that piece of social commentary, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you to drift off. I feel like we've, 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 we've put enough faults through you to get an hour out of you, and now you're just gonna, you're just gonna fade again.
0: I am fading. <laughs> I'm fading Anthony.
1: Well say thank goodbye you. to say
0: goodbye to the listeners, Steve. Well, goodbye, listeners. Uh thank you for listening. I'm sorry I've never really remembered anything about friends from the orchestra. Well we didn't even try, did we? No. And and I'm sorry I was so sort of tired and wrung out. But I am a bit. I've had one of them days. Well, I've had one of them weeks. But it's been fantastic. Um, you know, it's just that it does wear me out a bit. I need to, I need to rest. I need to rest because I'm tired.
1: Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review, as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.